In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. Today's gospel describes the mission of emissaries from Jerusalem who were sent to ask John the Baptist, who are you? John had a very popular ministry in the desert. People were flocking to him, and the religious authorities in the nation's capital felt threatened by his ministry. John made it clear, quote, I'm not the Messiah. And so the interrogators proposed two other options. Are you Elijah? The proposal about him being Elijah stems from two sources. First, John dressed like Elijah. He had a leather belt and a camel's hair coat, just like Elijah wore. But the second and more important uh, uh, point is that the last prophecy from the Old Testament said that Elijah would come. Malachi chapter 4, verses 5 and 6 says, quote, Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord, and he will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children, and the hearts of the children to the fathers. Elijah did not die, Second Kings tells us, <clears throat> that he was taken up into heaven in a whirlwind uh, before he died a natural death. And so the belief was that he would come back and have ministry to prepare the people for the Messiah. This is the reason Jewish people set a place for Elijah at the Passover. And John said, no, I'm not Elijah. <clears throat> now, John's claim not to be Elijah merits some additional comment. In St. Luke's Gospel, the angel Gabriel appeared to the father of John the Baptist, Zechariah, and explicitly said that John the Baptist would fulfill the Malachi prophecy. Gabriel said, quote, He, John, will go before the Messiah in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Jesus also said that John filled, fulfilled the prophecy of Malachi. Quote, all the prophets in the law prophesied until John, and if you are willing to receive it, he is Elijah who is to come. Now, Elijah made a personal appearance in the New Testament at the Transfiguration. He appeared along with Moses to Jesus and the three chief apostles. So we know that John was not literally Elijah. But we also know that John did fulfill the Malachi prophecy. He was Elijah-like. The interrogators of John proposed then a second option. Are you the prophet? Now, this question, are you the prophet, is a reference to Deuteronomy chapter 18. God's appearance on Mount Sinai when he gave the Torah to the Israelites was so terrifying to the people because it was accompanied with fire and earthquakes and lightning that the people pleaded with Moses saying, quote, let me not hear the voice of the Lord my God, nor let me see this great fire any more, lest I die. And God responded by saying, quote, 
what they have spoken is good. I will raise up for them a prophet like you from among their brethren, and I will put my words in his mouth, and he will speak to them all that I command him. And it shall be that whoever does not hear my words which he shall speak in my name, I will require it of him. Now, in a general way, this refers to the authority of all the prophets of the Bible. But God spoke definitively through Jesus, who is the prophet of whom Deuteronomy spoke. As the epistle to the Hebrews says, quote, God, who at various times and in his various ways spoke in time past to the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken to us by his Son, whom he has appointed heir of all things, through whom he also made the worlds. So John said, no, I'm not the prophet either. John identified himself by quoting the prophecy from Isaiah chapter 40. John said, I am the voice of one crying, in the wilderness prepare the way of the Lord. We can read the fuller text of Isaiah 40 to get the effect of who John saw himself as being. Quote, Comfort ye, comfort ye my people, says your God. Speak comfort to Jerusalem and cry to her that her warfare is ended, that her iniquity is pardoned, for she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be exalted and every mountain and hill brought low, the crooked places made straight and the rough places smooth. And the glory of the Lord shall be revealed and all flesh shall see it together for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. John identified himself as the one who would prepare the way for Christ by removing every obstacle to his approach. This is what is meant by the filling in of the valleys, the leveling of the hills, and the making of the roads straight. Everything that stands in the way of the approach to God will be taken away. The primary obstacle in our lives to God's approach, the thing that gets away in the way of Christ coming to us more fully, is our sin and our impenitent hearts. As Isaiah wrote, quote, The Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save, nor his ear heavy that it cannot hear, but your iniquities have separated you from your God, and your sins have hidden his face from you, so that he will not hear. Thus, John calls us to repent, to turn from our sins, so as to open our lives up for Christ to come in. Of course, to be a Christian is to already have repented. You can't receive Christ in your life. You can't have received Christ without some turning away from sin and some turning to Christ in faith already. But in the Christian life, we are called to grow in our repentance. 
Our initial repentance consists of sorrow for outward sins, for anger, immorality, stealing, lying, covetousness, and such. As we grow in our repentance, the focus shifts from outward behavior to inward motive. We realize that often we do things that look good outwardly, but we do them for selfish reasons. As we grow in our repentance, the question changes. We begin by asking, how much can I get away with without it qualifying as sin? Eventually, we come to ask, does what I am doing fully reflect love for God and love for my neighbor? John said, in the wilderness prepare you the way of the Lord. You had to go out into the desert to hear John. That's why the religious leaders had to travel all the way from the capital out there. John didn't come to them. They had to go to him. We must get out of our normal routines in order to hear God's voice, to experience real repentance, and to change. A good Advent confession is the result of solitude and prayer. We need to sit in silent prayer and listen for what God is saying to us. As we detach ourselves from the distractions of the world and focus our attention more clearly on Jesus, we it's revealed to us more clearly what's going on in the light of his glorious presence. He reveals to us areas of our lives where our surrender is not yet complete, where Christ does not yet fully reside within us. He reveals to us areas of weakness where we have not yet fully received Christ's strength where we have not yet fully embraced the cross and so have not yet fully experienced the resurrection. We prepare for the coming of Jesus when this awareness of sin that God gives to us leads us to confess our sins and change our behavior. When we remove an obstacle and open our lives to Jesus in some new way. Are you ready for Christmas? Our typical answer to that question focuses on whether we've completed our shopping and whether we are ready for all the social engagements we have on the calendar. But John asks us the only really important question. Have you prepared your heart to receive Jesus in a new way at the coming feast of the Incarnation? Have you heard what God is saying to you? Have you made a good confession? Have you removed the obstacles that stand in the way of a closer relationship with Jesus? Jesus is coming. Are you ready? In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.